Hey, 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 everyone. It's your girl, the host, owner of Seriously Self Care Podcast. Hey, I am so excited to be back with you. It's been forever. Um, I think maybe I just needed to take a little holiday break. Uh, last time we talked, we were talking about seasonal depression. <sighs> I hope you guys got over that hump. I hope you guys um, learned some things, picked some things up, re-listened, and you felt a little down and depressed. Um, so today we're going to talk about boundaries. Now, this is a topic I am still learning and growing, but we keep it real. I seriously self-care podcast, so we're just going to go right into it because, listen... I, I tell people all the time, I want my podcast to be 100% authentic and genuine. If it ain't real, keep it from around me, okay? So, I am still learning and understanding boundaries. Still learning how to insert boundaries, be assertive with my boundaries. Also, taking boundaries from other people. So, this podcast topic, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna lie to you guys. When I was researching, I was crying. <laughs> I started crying because me and my therapist, we talk about boundaries all the time, and me setting boundaries as far as family and people in my life. And um, usually, I try to do the work, and. I've realized that I've dropped the ball with some people when it comes to boundaries. I've also, I want to say, I have been the toxic one in, when it comes to boundaries. And some is some of it is fault of my own because I'm, I'm not going to lie. We, we don't come out of a box not being toxic <laughs> towards people. We have to work at being healthy and work on healthy boundaries. And I want to get right into the first introduction of boundaries that we will encounter is family boundaries. Now, this is difficult for a lot of people because a lot of people have difficulties um, having family boundaries and um, having them really followed and respected and not feeling guilty when they set boundaries. For families because I know I feel guilty sometimes when I set boundaries with my family, but I also understand that my self care, my healing, my development, my growth depends and relies heavily on boundaries, specifically for me, because boundaries are important. They're important for old relationships and new relationships. Uh, boundaries are important, and I wanted to just talk about different types of boundaries, um, knowing when to let go <laughs> um, of a person permanently for disrespecting your boundaries. Uh, also, different types of dysfunctional relationships and how they can affect your boundaries as an adult from infancy, childhood. So, I really wanted to get into that because it's really, really important. Well, as I stated before, empathy is where 
we start not being respected or not being heard. So as far as boundaries and infancy, we develop when we learn our environment, what we like, what we dislike. This starts as early as infancy. And not feeling not being like you're not being respected or heard can identify feeling like once you get to a certain point where you understand and identify what your hard likes and soft likes are or your hard limits are, uh, that's when you start to feel guilty for having boundaries or dysfunctional home life can create toxic relationships in adulthood. And that really stuck with me because um, it's like one of those make or break situations. Either you see dysfunctional life in your in, in as childhood or as a teenager and it has the opposite effect where you grow up and you say, listen, I'm not going to have this kind of toxic relationship in my life. Or it has a daunting effect, which is you grow up and you see dysfunction, so you think that dysfunction is normal. And that really stuck with me because a lot of people function in dysfunctional relationships that have no boundaries and they feel like it's normal. And I, I honestly have to say that I have been that person who feels like the toxicity is normal. Like this is, you know, this is just every day we're just doing this and it's, it's really not. Uh, at 31 years old, <laughs> a lot of stuff I'm just not going for. And I think that the more you know and the more you spend time with yourself, identifying with yourself, like I said, self-care, self-love, working on yourself, going to therapy, you start to develop develop and learn what, and grow and you see what a healthy relationship is versus a toxic one. And a lot of toxic relationships have minimal boundaries. So with the fun dysfunctional home life, this can cause codependency issues or a lack of ability to search your needs, meaning you won't have genuine relationships necessary for healthy boundaries, healthy lives. Um, I can say for myself that codependency is real. Um, growing up in a dysfunctional household, we begin to attach ourselves onto, as far as myself, things that feel good, feels healthy, to the point that we become codependent on a person, which becomes toxic. Um, story time. So, <laughs> I um, have someone in my life that I've had many ups and downs, highs and lows with. Uh, and a lot of times I was toxic and a lot of times I felt like he was toxic as well to me in my likelihood. And I realized that 
there were minimum boundaries in our relationship. It was an older relationship. You know, like I said, we, we this person was involved in my life, teenagehood to adulthood. But even though, like I stated, even though it's an old relationship, boundaries are still necessary. So in, the, in a particular instance, and it took me a little time to understand this after the fact. I'm not, so let me just make this clear. I did not develop this aha moment <laughs> right away. This this took some time. This took some self-isolation, weaning from the codependency, being put in a position where you have to acknowledge your mess. And I feel like once you get to that point, you start realizing the relationship that you have with people and identifying if you are healthy to them. And if if you need to step back and if it needs to be stepped back permanently. In this situation with him, uh, it was just a whole bunch of mess and drama and... I remember the first time he inserted a boundary with me. Um, he was in a new relationship. You know, he was like, you know, I guess happy and thriving with that. Um, and we just got into it. And I just remember thinking to myself, like, well, I mean, you arguing with me on the phone. So clearly... You're not focused on what you need to be focused on with old girl. Toxic. Okay? Very. And yes, I'm admitting that I was toxic in the situation. And also, um, he pretty much was like, hey, I'm gonna go do this. This is what I'm this is how I'm moving forward with this. I'm gonna see where this goes. This is gonna be what it's gonna be. And we weren't even in a relationship. That's how toxic I was being to not only him, but to myself. Um, and he started identifying subtle and small boundaries with me. And I was offended. And I was offended because I would say to myself, hey, this person always shows up. This person comes to my house in the middle of the night, in the middle of the day. He hangs out. Like, you know... He's everywhere I am um, without invitation most times. And I was really upset. I was like, how, how, he had a nerve to have a boundary? When, you know, in, in these situations, I didn't even have boundaries for myself. So what do you think the other person is going to have? I think living in my truth now, I understand that boundaries are for the other person, but they're for you as well. And I was having a conversation with my supervisor. Um, we chit-chat about things here and there. And we actually came up, we were talking about boundaries and how black families don't really identify with boundaries or have them and to me I was like wow that's major because when you look at it 
a lot of dysfunctional families, household, black household families, because I've never been in any other type of family dynamic. We have hard times learning how to be healthy, functional families. Which is why I really wanted to talk about family boundaries first because it's definitely necessary. And I don't think people understand enough just how that affects your life. I know people always talk about boundaries and they want to talk about it as far as really intimate relationships and I'll get to that. But I really wanted to talk about family, the family dynamic about communicating and healthy boundaries. So healthy boundaries aren't rigid. They're open, they're negotiable, and point of views are are respected. Toxic boundaries are non-negotiable, critical, enraged, not constructive. So when you have a toxic boundary, you feel a lot of disappointment, confusion, and resentment. Now, with challenging family members, as far as setting a a boundary with toxic family members, we have, I think everyone has a toxic family member that they have to feel like they have to deal with and identify with on a consistent basis. And let me tell you, I'm 31 years old. I honestly... just learned in my adulthood that some things are not, some people can't go. Hear me. Some people cannot go where you are going, especially, let me just make this clear, especially if you're on a self-care, self-love, self-healing journey. You, these, when you take it personal, when these things, when you're personally dealing with yourself for yourself, not for a relationship, um, because a lot of times people, they don't know themselves. And I'm not saying go find yourself, because I, I think now that I'm older, I hate that saying, because the, the first relationship you have is with yourself. So you can't find yourself. You, you're already there. But I feel like, a lot of people get hindered with distracting, toxic, unhealthy, unfruitful relationships to the point that they don't understand and know themselves. Like they, 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 they can't stand to be in the room with themselves. Like I think that if you take and remove certain relationships and codependencies away from people, they don't like themselves. They don't understand themselves. They're not, they don't understand that they have a lot of growing to do, a lot of learning, um, self-love. They can work on it. Self-esteem, they can work on it. I think that isolation for me revealed my ugly truths. So I really feel like that these isolation periods that I've had in my life and with that situation with that particular guy, it was a lot of isolation. I had to 
learn how to be less codependent. And I think that that would have never happened if he didn't insert a boundary. And I respect it now. And then, you know, we think women are emotional. We are in our emotions. We think of these things as personal. But I think that it started out as, I'm going to show him that I don't need to be dependent upon him. To, this is really teaching me that I have codependency issues, that I rely more on this person than others. And I put him at this, in the, this pedestal that I needed to change. And a lot of that, those issues that I had comes from my first relationships, which is a relationship with my family. So in realizing that that relationship that started out as, I want to say, kind of healthy, became this toxic, toxic, ooh, toxic, up, down, high lows. Uh, <laughs> when I read about the family boundaries, let me just tell you, I think that's why I Pride because it stated that those type of boundaries that is needed for family and you needed to develop in childhood, especially if it's a toxic household, you grow up feeling out of control. So it stated that we, once you get older, you feel like you want to control all of your relationships, which is toxic in itself. And I really had to self-reflect. I had to take a moment and I was like, you know, a lot of my boundaries that I stated, my hard limits, were a form of me wanting to be in control because of the unhealthy family household structure dysfunction that I grew up in I felt so out of control and in learning and becoming an adult and entering into relationships I felt like I needed to control the situation and I'm not gonna lie I still feel like that to, to this day I feel like some things I need to control I need to control the narrative I don't like surprises and that's because I have control issues and it stated that that creates a, full, a false sense of security and safety. And I think that, and I'm sorry, I'm not even going to say thing. I know that in that situation, in a lot of my relationships, I need safety and security. Because growing up, in a dysfunctional household, I didn't feel safe and secure a lot of times. Not, not that there was any type of sexual abuse or anything like that. I'm stating that There were other things going on that I felt 
I didn't feel like I was safe. I didn't feel like I was secure. Um, I know growing up as a child with my grandmother, we lived in the same house from age four till I was 11, 12 when I moved with my mother. And moving with my mother, we bounced around a lot. I was not used to that. Um, that sense of safety and security was stripped from me. And identifying the different types of security that my grandmother had. My grandmother had a, a boyfriend who paid all the bills. But seeing that dysfunctional relationship because he paid the bills, he was the head of the household. He ran the show. What he said goes. I resented that. I think as even that childhood resentment for the man being the leader of the household, the man, he paid a bill so you don't really get to do what you want to do when you got to follow these rules and the kids got to follow underneath that umbrella, even if this person is toxic and unhealthy and... Into my adulthood, I think that's what this false sense of independence came from for me because I be dang going, okay? I can't relinquish that control, but I realized that healthy relationships don't look like that. <laughs> We talking about boundaries. I mean, everything is connected. This is so... This is so mind-blowing to me because these are just my self-reflections. Now, with toxic family members, um, it states that be, being explicit and not assuming that they understand your boundaries, meaning telling them more than once, being very upfront. This is what I don't want. This is what I don't need. This is what I don't like. Helps set the tone. Now, looking at myself and me thinking I did all this great work with setting boundaries with families, I realized that I have not been very explicit in reiterating what my boundaries are with my family. Like, I feel like, you know, I just assume, and it states to not assume that they know what your boundaries are. Now, do that mean that they can know and still disrespect them? Of course. <laughs> and toxic family members will do that, and they will try you, but you have to be consistent because these are your boundaries and how you feel. I have a situation going on right now with a family member and I feel like I shouldn't have to tell you that not only is children off limits but I'm at a different place in my life where I'm not I'm not arguing on social media I'm not going back and forth I'm making it very clear you should know but I feel like that's where I'm messed up at people who don't understand healthy boundaries, healthy lifestyle, learning, growing, developing, they're not going to understand or respect or even pay attention to the changes that you have in your life as to how it relates to their lives. 
And with the situation with this family member, I really had to sit down and say, was I being clear? Was I explicit? Was I not assuming that they know? So it's stated to have a conversation. Now, some toxic family members you can't talk to. I have family members who you cannot tell them what you feel, believe, think, and know to be true in your heart and how they affect you in your life because they listen to be right, wrong. They get offended. They don't take ownership. So it's stated to be prepared for them to list their boundaries and you have to respect it. And that's with a conversation. Sometimes conversations aren't possible. So when conversations aren't possible, what do you do? It says that you can write a letter or email. Now, it's the difference between one isolated incident versus consistently not respecting and adhering to your boundaries. It's a, it's a difference. And that's why I said healthy boundaries are negotiable. They're flexible. Because there's room to grow. There's always room to grow. And with these situations where it is more than one situation and it's a consistent thing that the boundaries are not respected when it comes to toxic, we're still talking about toxic family members, having a phone conversation, a letter or email, and then deciding if you need to take a break from the family member. And I feel like a lot of the breaks that I've taken from family members have became permanent. So... To each his own. Sometimes taking a break, sitting back, reflecting, learning, hoping for the best as far as communication, especially when you've been con concise and clear about your boundaries and what you need from them. Um, because, like I said, you don't, you, you can't assume that they know. Taking that time away, and then revisiting that relationship. If all possible starting new it's so funny because my therapist we talk about this with relationships with people um healthy intimate relationships with people and she asked me a question she said when you meet people do you start them from scratch or do you start them at a place based off of your experiences? Let me rephrase that. When you meet people, do you use your experiences, the things that hurt from the past, the situations that you endure and encountered, and start them on a scale that's unfair to the new relationship? That's just new relationships. She also asked me, do I... When I revisit old relationships from the past, 
far as family, friends, people that I consider close to my heart, do I start them from scratch? Do I give them a clean slate? And honestly, my answer was no. No, I'll start them from scratch. <laughs> and I had to think about that. Like, so what's the point of revisiting these things if you're not starting people from scratch? And I'm the type of person that you can cross me and I'll let it go, but I ain't going to forget it. And because I can't forget who you were, but everybody grows. And this goes back to my really, my friendships episode with Talisha. But she said, Aaron, you don't know this person. You don't know the new person. If you're going to explore a relationship starting a new with this person, you have to understand that everybody got a clean slate. You ain't the only person growing. And that's real because I don't know what, what someone else's journey look like. I only know what my, my own journey look like. I only know what I do, what, <laughs> what I believe, what I feel. And... A lot of times, stepping back from a toxic family member and coming back and revisiting it, you especially with your boundaries reiterating, you being consistent with your boundaries, that allows you to start new. And then, oh, you already got a couple strikes against you. Listen, I'm trying to tell you right now. And that's only if that this person, because let me be clear, this person doesn't affect you mentally, doesn't trigger you into substance abuse or anything along those lines. Because listen, anything I want to say that don't serve you, but anything that isn't healthy to your mental state, sometimes the hard thing is to let it go. And a lot of times we feel guilty for that when it is a toxic family member. But we have to understand, especially identify, I know with mothers, um, and when I say mothers, I mean people who have their own families that are dealing with toxic family members. You have to learn to put your family first. I've been having so many discussions with people about boundaries, and I'm just like, I don't understand why. People don't understand that you got to put your family first. And I'm not saying selfishly put your family first, because let's be clear. There are some people in some situations where I had to let a person know, listen, I understand you have a family, but don't selfishly put your family first when I've been consistently there for you. Because people will do that. Now, people will be like, oh, well, I get to it when I get to it. And become the toxic person in their family lives because they're like, oh, well, I had to put my family first. It's whatever. It is what it is. When this person is a support system to you, this person is there for you, this person is a shoulder to lean on. Not saying that they didn't put their family on the back burner for you, but I'm just saying that I think people need to understand that selfishly putting your family first, being in a toxic situation where you know that it's just unfair is wrong. It is. It's wrong. And 
I'm not into the forget everybody kind of situation when it comes to my family. My family comes first. But if I know that I can and I have the means, then I'm just the type of person that I will. People take that for granted. So keep that in mind. Um, so ghosting. Now, this is where I fall short when it comes to toxic family members because I go quick, okay? And I do that with people in general. And I have to learn that some form of communication is needed. Because me thinking I'm learning and growing and this communication is left room for error is not okay. Now, some people you can't talk to, as I said it before. And I just recently had a conversation with my friend Talisha, who was on the Friendships episode. Um, make sure y'all got you guys check that out and you hear. Um, we just had a conversation and she was like, well, you know me. I don't, uh, I don't do no backtrack. I don't want to clear nothing up. It is what it is. And I respect that about her so much because I wish I was the same. I wish I was the same. I wish I could be, I wish I could be that person that says, listen, it is what it is. We don't need to clear nothing up. We don't need to have no conversations. We don't need to leave. We don't need to put assist everything on the table. I'm good, love, and joy. <laughs> I wish I had that sort of black, white, it ain't no in between kind of personality about me. And because I feel like a lot of situations that I've been in, I needed to be black and white. It's either black or white, not gray. Some of the situations, it ain't no gray area. It's black and white. Um, but ghosting leaves room for misunderstandings and false hope. And in my situation, I did ghost this family member. And in situations, it does leave room for misunderstanding and false hope because I'm like, I'm permanently done. And not I'm not going to say you have to specify you permanently done. Like I said, write the letter, write the email, communicate how you feel, and leaving it is different from you disrespecting my boundaries one too many times, and I'm good, love, enjoy it. I'm not going to say nothing. I'm going to go to you, and that's going to be what it's going to be. And then you get these unwarranted messages from them. Because, like I said, they feel like it's false hope here. So they're messaging you, and it, it becomes an irritation. Um... When you leave these things on the table and block them because the conversation has ended there, you've decided to step away, then there's no room for misunderstanding. There's no room for false hope. And I feel like in my situation, in my instance, putting on my big girl panties, <laughs> And communicating and saying the hard things is difficult because I feel guilty. And a lot of family, toxic family members will guilt you into believing that you're wrong. I've had so many people come to me and say, hey, you need to squash this. You need to talk to this person, etc., etc." I'll be like, you know... Why are you making me feel guilt? Like, why are you trying to make me feel guilty? Like, what is, what is going? That's a boundary I don't respect. I do not respect or accept when it comes to my boundaries. Someone 
forcibly putting me in a situation where I have to have a conversation that I'm not ready for. Because hear me out. Let me be clear. Having premature conversations before the time allows it to spiral into more chaos, confusion, drama, toxicity, unhealthy relationships. And I feel like I, and you know, like I said before, you guys, you know that I'm, uh, I'm a Christian, and I see God about most things. So I feel like in situations of God ain't leading me, directing me to do something, I'm not going to do it. Now, I know sometimes I get away from that because I do get my emotions, but let me be clear. Some conversations are not meant to be had at specific times. And a toxic family member will try to force that out of you. Cut it off. Cut it at the head. If you are not practicing your self-care, your growth, you developing, you understanding where you went wrong, because sometimes you're wrong, and understanding how to deal and cope and heal from situations. Let me explain something. Toxic family members, don't let people force you into a position where you're back up against the wall and you have to accept a person disrespecting your boundaries. So... This Allure article that I've read, it states that with boundaries, you want to value yourself in time. Woo, I value my... Listen, time is valuable. Value yourself and your time when it comes to boundaries with toxic family members. My time is valuable. A lot of situations and instances... I get into with family and I feel like they didn't respect my time. They didn't respect that I traveled with my children to a certain location or distance. And I'm upset. That's a boundary. My respecting myself and time, you got to. Give permission to do what's best for you. Like I said, don't feel guilty. Give yourself permission. Know your triggers and anticipate them. And this is so good because, listen, knowing your triggers and anticipate them, whew, you got to know yourself. <laughs> we talked about this. I just said that. You got to know yourself. You got to know what your triggers are. How If you don't know yourself and identify with yourself and what triggers you, how are you going to get ahead of it when you're in a situation where you're put with a toxic family member? Be clear about your needs and communicate them. Practice saying no. Hard no's are firm. Soft no's leave hope. So, hey, no, I can't do this right now, but maybe next time I can catch up with you. That's a soft no. Make a list of coping strategies. Uh, listen. I feel like everybody needs to do that. Coping strategies. How are you going to cope with different types of people that you encounter? That you cons- that you feel like you consistently have to be around. And that's for, like, like I said, fam- these are family boundaries. 
This is the list of family boundaries. Now we're going to get into... <laughs> we're going to get into boundaries with intimate relationships. And it says boundaries help you define what you are comfortable with and how you would like to be treated. Let me say that again. Boundaries help you define you what you are comfortable with and how you would like to be treated. So here are some list of things. It states overall expectations. I know a lot of people expectations as a standard of conduct. So I know for me with relationships now that I'm 31, my overall expectations are clear. Which is why I probably, probably don't be, and I don't get into myself. And I, whew, it's tough for me, okay? Because my overall expectation is to date, to marry. I don't, I don't want to fool around. I don't want nobody wasting my time. Like I said, respect your time and yourself. I, I don't want that. I don't need it. I'm good. If you ain't in a situation where you feel like this is the direction that you want to go, excuse yourself, please. Thank you. Move around. Somebody behind you. Okay? All right. <laughs> That's just me. Um, tolerances. Woo! This is good. Physical and emotional. So disrespect, being disrespected, lying to you, etc. What are you tolerating? What do you tolerate? I know my tolerance is very short, and sometimes I feel like it's unfair. However... These are my boundaries, and I need them. <laughs> Sometimes I need. I I definitely don't like being inadvertently lied to. Don't don't be that person that says because I hate that. Oh, it's not a lie; it's just a half truth. No, half truth is a lie. That. That's one of my biggest issues in re intimate relationships with myself. Don't tell me a half truth. If I ask you something, I expect a full truth. Don't lie to me. I'm big on that because I won't lie to you. And I feel like a lot of relationships that people get into, from the beginning, they tolerate things that they wouldn't normally tolerate. For the sake of the relationship, that when it gets to the point of them saying, No, I don't like this, or No, this is a boundary for me, that the person already don't respect it. And I feel like conversations need to be had as adults when we come into these kinds of relationships. Um, sexual expression. <laughs> sexual expression, y'all. Listen, listen here. Sexual expression, I feel like in some situations, people don't understand sexual expressions in relationship when it comes to boundaries. And why is that? I feel like because 
a lot of people don't know and don't adhere to what it is that they need. What is it that you need? As far as sexual expression, um, sexual boundaries, needs, and preferences needs to be known when it comes to relationships. As I said before, I'm 31 years old. My sexual expressions are not set in stone because they are, I'm not going to say negotiable, but um, I'm at the point where I have a healthy relationship boundary for myself when it comes to sexual expression. But I know one thing. I learned that at 31, I don't need no pound, 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 boom, 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 boom. In my uterus. I'm good, sir. I need you to move your hips. Move the hips. If you can dance, you can. Okay. Let me just leave it at that. That's just me. That's my limit. I got kids. I'm not going to be up all night with you. If we all going to be up all night, we planned that. These are just, these are my expectations. Now, I'm not, like I said, these are healthy boundaries. They're negotiable. There's room. There's flexibility there. But some things I'm just not doing. Not. I'm going to leave that at that. Financial. As far as these are intimate relationships, discuss your financial boundaries. As a mother, my financial boundaries a lot of times center around my children. Now, I'm not saying that... I'm saying that every financial decision I make relies... My children rely heavy upon those. So, a lot of times a relationship, especially men who don't have children, they might not understand. You might get married... Or men who, you know, don't understand the day-to-day, especially as a single mom, marrying into a single mom relationship. The husband and I understand that, hey, I know as me, as a wife, I'm not going to consult the husband if the child needs pampers. I'm going to go get the pampers. You see what I'm saying? Like, or if a birthday coming up, we can consult budget, but we're not going to just take off the table a celebration for the child. And it doesn't have to be a big celebration. But financial boundaries. As far as for me, I'm not going to respect a husband who thinks he's going to take the rent money. or <laughs> And I say husband because that's how, that, like I said, that's where I'm at. I'm not going to respect a husband who thinks he's not going to pay the bills or squander the bill money. It's a no-go for me, sir. We're not doing that. We can't afford to do that. We're not doing that. For adults. Like I said, my financial decisions rely heavily upon my children, which will soon become our children. So if you are squandering or financially, and I'm not saying because a single man marrying with a single mother is totally different ballgame. I'm not saying that he has to put his single man financial decisions that he made if he wanted to go out and buy a motorcycle or a gaming system or something along those lines. I'm not saying that it's wrong. What I'm saying is that financial boundaries need to be discussed and identified beforehand because that's necessary. And I don't think that people really sit down and have those hard talks like, hey, 
what's the hard limits for you? Go, I mean, as a single mom, single mom can still go to the store, max out a credit card, and this the husband is like, hey, what are you doing? <laughs> because if you don't learn the healthy financial boundaries before you even get into to an intimate relationship, there's going to be problems there. Past lives. Now, this is good because I thought about that. It says, with boundaries as far as past lives, do you want to let people know what you let people know what you choose to divulge and your non-disclosures. A lot of men are weird <laughs> to me with the whole how many people have you slept with? I'm whispering it. <laughs> how many partners have you had? What haven't you done? Where you did it? I mean, my biggest thing, I know <laughs> I find it so strange because men are always like Hey, can't turn a hoe into a housewife and then get a housewife and want it to be a hoe. Make up your mind, sir, what you want. I feel like none of that matters. I feel like for me in, in particular, past lives, as long as they don't interfere, I feel like you need to divulge certain things that you feel like will come up later on, especially in a marriage. I know one thing. I... I don't want to be the married woman and I run into an ex of my, of my husband. She's telling me about how they had a baby and it was aborted. And she just, she committed suicide, tried to commit suicide behind. Like, these are things I want to know. What was going on? I, I, I know for me, I hate being sideswiped. I'm not asking my, my husband, boyfriend, leading to fiance, you know, hey, what have you done? If it's if it's if it's around abuse, I want to know. You used to beat women, I want to know. It was a situation where there was sexual misconduct with you, rape, molestation. I want to know. These are past lives that I feel like are for me hard limits, boundaries that are necessity. But each couple was different. Um, family, family interactions. Woo! Talked about this protective black woman, the husband, the head. It's his duty to make sure that the woman, the wife, the children are protected. And family interactions sometimes get disrespectful. I feel like for me, I need I need a husband who is going to understand that I have toxic family because I'm going to let him know that is a boundary that I want him to understand going in. I don't want him to be surprised because I don't want him to be disrespected or feel disrespected by these things. Now, nine times out of ten, I'm probably going to have all my toxic people on my life <laughs> beforehand, and that's just me, and that's just real. Okay? Because I'm, I'm working on me and identifying me and my issues and people who've got to go. However, family interactions, etc. What is a hard limit for you as a woman? As far as family interactions, his mother, his auntie, people having a say-so, family interrupting the flow and the dynamic of the household. That's a hard limit for me. And if my husband say, let's be clear. If my husband say, listen, this dysfunction in your family, you got to get this under control. Consider it controlled, okay? 
And I feel like that starts with the leading, the leader of the household. You're going to be the head. You're going to be the head. Because if you ain't the head, you're the tail. So you got to go. Um, so friendships, whew, this is big for me because I'm always on the fence about this whole, should your spouse be your best friend? Should your spouse have a best friend? Like, it's so weird to me because I don't really believe in the best friend thing. Let's just, you know, we talked about this in the friendships episode. Um, but I understand that people have relationships that are before you. Now, mutual boundaries of respect when it comes to friendship. That the other can make reasonable decisions as to who they allow to influence them in the relationship, etc. Now, let me be clear. As a Christian woman, and even before I identified with that, I feel like a husband, my husband, I want him to consult God before he consults anybody on this earth about a situation or circumstance as it relates to his marriage with his wife, me. I feel like that's a big thing for me because my husband consulting man, and I'm putting air quotes, man, before he consults God, that leaves room for error and influence that you might wake up one day and be like, how did we get here in our marriage and our relationship? Because of a friend said and gave advice of and told you to do or they felt like, but if they're not on the same plan, like as for me as a Christian woman, I feel like, listen, if your friend's not even on the same plan, as far as when it comes to Christ, being a Christian, and I hate saying Christian, having a relationship with the Most High God. And I feel like that's not just for Christianity, that's for Muslims and whatever other religious practice that you have. I feel like... If the person that you're consulting doesn't have a relationship with God, hear me first. Have a relationship with God and, and not only have a relationship with God, but respect your marriage first. Come on now. Some people have a relationship with God, but don't respect the relationship with your wife, husband, and that causes problems. Seek real counsel. I'm talking about a pastor, somebody of like my sound. That's for me because I need that. Hear me, I need that. That's my boundary when it comes to friendships. Also, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this. Friendships. I wanted to get into this with the friendships episode. Somebody that you slept with. <laughs> that you consider a friend. I feel like that's a hard boundary for me. Because... My first boyfriend, I used to call him my best friend. And we did have some something along those lines of a best friend relationship. But his mother, <laughs> a real one, shout out to her. Okay, love this lady. Always been for real with me. Never held no cause, never switched up. And I respect her for that because that's, that's genuineness that I needed 
as a teenager into an adulthood. Into adulthood. Her son is married, happily married, and she is still ever present in my life. And I want to say she made it clear to me that you can't sleep with someone and call them your friend. Woo! Okay, and I just <laughs> boundaries. Because that's a line that's been crossed. And I don't think people understand that once that line is crossed, I don't care how casual you think it is or whatever, you know. Oh, it's casual. Oh, you know. That's a line that's crossed. That's a boundary that's crossed. A lot of people aren't accepting that and tolerating that. And I know for me, I don't mind relationships, friendships. I am still growing because I like to be in control. And that is an issue that I'm working on for myself, by myself. Um, I don't really do too much of that. She's my homegirl. That's just me. Because I feel like there are limitations. And and I never acknowledged that as being a married woman. I'm sorry. Yes, I did. <laughs> it's about another time. But um, when I was married, you know, I realized that these friendships that have no boundaries have to be cut off. And I feel like you wouldn't know. If a person is the one for you, will you decide to cut that relationship off? I do. A lot of people ain't ready for that. That kind of conversation. Goals. That's boundaries that you talk about in relationships. Your goals. This is what I'm going to do. Supported or not, negative comments. This is for this is for all relationships too. I just want to say, friends who don't support your goals or people in your relationships who don't support your goals—that's a problem. That's a problem, especially side backhanded negative comments. I don't even tolerate them, and a lot of times I look over it, but I definitely make note of it. Don't don't allow me to tell you my goals and you you give me some negative feedback. Traditions. Who, like I said, children, children, pets. Have these thoughts. Do you want kids? Are you willing? In my situation, are you willing to have stepchildren, or if you don't feel like you want to call your my children your stepchildren, having children, add-ons, pets. I mean, these things are conversations that boundaries affect. Now, I want to say. I had these experiences where guys that I was, was totally into did not date women with kids. I've never, I've never heard it said before. A few situations, and I'm going to say late in my late 20s, I came into situations where guys were like, hey, I don't date women with children. New information to me. Never heard it before. And it took a, a blow to my ego because I'm not going to say I've never been rejected, but I've never heard of a man stating that something a woman couldn't control is something he couldn't deal with. 
because you can't control the fact that you have kids. I mean, you can control having children, but once they're here, you can't, like, just make them disappear. So, that was new information for me, and it really hurt. I'm not going to lie. That was like, but I have to respect their boundaries. That I mean, I, I'm not even going to say boundary preference. Because preferences change. People change their minds. But as for me, now I have to have these conversations. Hey, are you willing to accept? I, and hear me, single mothers don't want no man to come in and take over and uh, raise their children. They have fathers. They have relationships with other men, other people. That's not what they're asking for. But accepting our children, not making them feel invisible, loving them, caring for them as you would care for yourself, your child, your family, that's a big deal. Um, subtractions. <laughs> what will happen if things don't work out? Second chances, etc. These are this is what I say when I say relationships, having these conversations. So if we break up, what we gonna do? We're gonna go our separate ways. These are listen, real talk. I had a situation with a mother with a child of mine that we didn't we weren't together when the child was conceived, and I was like, damn business. Okay, this is what we gonna do. Boom, 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 take on my contract. You're going to do X, Y, and Z. I mean, we're not together. So this is how we're going to co-parent our child. Wrote up a contract. Now, did this person follow the contract? Hell no. Disgusting. Just want to point that out there. But as a grown adult, I realized that, hey, these are the types of relationships that I want to have. I want to be able to say, sit down and talk about what will happen if we don't make it? What we're going to do? What we're going to split? How we're going to co-parent? How life is going to go on without you? If we're going to be friends? Like, I want to have these conversations. These are boundaries that, at 31 years old, we need to have it. i tell you what, though. <laughs> what will happen if we break up? It ain't going to be no uh sexual expressions. <laughs> Because it's so funny because this friends benefits thing it's a ah, ah, it's a no go for me. Thank you. Because I already said what, 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 what my mission was when I'm when I'm dating. My mission is totally different. Everybody ain't there. I ain't got time. <sighs> Speaking of time, the next one is time. <laughs> so have the conversations about time. How the relationship is moving forward. Smothering time alone, cool off periods. I always think about this Sex in the City episode <laughs> with Carrie when she was with uh, what was his name, Aiden, and he moved in because she was like making he had bought her apartment for her and she was making her house bigger and she kept coming home and it was like his crap everywhere. She was like so used to living alone and he would come in every day and be like. Hey, hey, what you doing? And she would just be like, oh my God, I just want to be alone for a little bit. And she like snapped and walked out one day and <laughs> she didn't communicate with him. Like, listen, when I come in, 
So I always think about that episode when she finally like broke down, had this conversation with her. I'm like, listen, when I come to the house, I like to sit down for a few minutes, regain my thoughts alone by myself. And he allowed her that. I think his feelings was hurt. I mean, this is a show for how would I know? But clearly his feelings was, you know, a little hurt. And I think that it ignited, like I said, these are boundaries, healthy boundaries that you set that are negotiable. Once she realized that she finally got what she wanted, which was quiet and silence when she came in the household, he <laughs> she realized, hey, I do want to be around you. And it's not so bad. And I know as far as people don't talk about those those moments, cool off periods, communication, you know, just these time periods that are necessity. Digital presence was another one. It stated how often, how much, and tracking apps. Now, listen here. A lot of people I come across states that when they get into a relationship again, or it's like a real relationship, they're just going to pop up and engage. And I feel like that's a hard limit for me. And I feel like they it's not fair because they based it off of experiences that they had that they post prematurely a relationship. And then... It's not really about privacy, more so embarrassment and pride as far as the years and years and years of posting, 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 everybody in their life. And then they get in these relationships and they're like, well, I don't really like posting my woman. Like, excuse me, sir. You've been posting your woman for 10 years now. Now you don't want to post? No, sir. I mean, I feel like that's a hard limit for me. I understand people who are private in general versus people who have used experiences that they've had that reflected negatively on themselves to say, hey, because I, I want my love celebrated. Social media, in person, like I want to celebrate my love for a person, especially my forever person. I feel like that would be a hard limit for me. That would be daunting over the relationship for me because I want the journey, you know? I want the journey to be noticed and notified and celebrated. And I mean, with celebration, it comes haters, but mostly celebration. And I feel like it's not needed. I'm not going to say like, oh, I need it so bad because I want the attention. That's not what I'm stating. What I'm stating is love and going on a journey with your love is a beautiful experience. And I feel like those couples that I watch, as far as for me, go through that journey together. Like from the outside looking in, sometimes having... And then that close relationship with people and watching them on digital social media, et cetera, et cetera. It, it gets people like me, oh, we ain't, you know, we ain't single. <laughs> we ain't got nobody. I mean, these things, I love love. So I love to see it unfold. And I like people sharing their highs and lows. Sometimes it, it's not going to all be roses, you know? Track apps. Now, this is something that I'm not. <laughs> I didn't know this was a thing. Couples track their locations, their spouses. 
weird. Like I had bought a phone from someone that I know. Um, and they called me like, hey, can you track my off because my wife is like getting upset because she can't really track my location. And I was like, I had saw it pop up like a few times. I was like, what is this? Why I keep like showing locations? Like what's going on? This is like a real thing. Now, listen, that's a hard limit for me. I don't want you tracking me. I feel like that's a little creepy. But these are boundaries that other people set in their relationships, and that's fine. I don't want nobody on find my iPhone looking for me. I tr I'm going to trust that when you say you're going to be it, that's where you're going to be. When you say what you're going to do, that's what you're going to do. Like, I feel like... I can trust it. If I feel like I got a sneaky partner that I don't trust, then I feel like I can't be with you. Because I don't want to go crazy when my spouse leave out. Like, hey, where they at? What they doing? Oh my gosh. They said they were getting bread. Like, um, uh, Angela on, uh, how to get it. I mean, not how to get away with murder. Um, why did I get married? Like, I don't need to know what his resting dang on heart rate is. I don't need to know how many miles it takes for him to go get bread if he stopped at his baby mama house. If he went to his homegirl slash ex relationship person uh, friends with benefits. I don't want to know all that. I want to trust that what you say you're going to be, what you said you're going to do is what you're going to do. It was going to be done. Which is why I stated my boundary as far as tolerances. Don't tell me no half truth. If you genuinely, honestly felt like you can omit certain things because it's not that big of a deal, that's different from flat out saying, I'm not going to tell the person I'm in a relationship with, I'm going to stop this an old friend house because she was sick and I wanted to bring her some soup. It's a no-go for me. So, <laughs> but every, like I said, everybody is different. And these are intimate relationship boundaries that you should discuss with people that you see yourself with in a relationship. So five key things. Know your boundaries. Choose when to discuss them. Make them clear. Allow for some minor infractions. And this is different. Minor infractions are different from he cheated a couple times and I'm going to excuse him. Okay, please don't be that person. Please don't be that person. That's not a minor infraction. It's a minor infraction versus a deal breaker. The deal breaker is a deal breaker. So don't become that person, that woman or that man that excuses big deal breakers, big, big deal breakers. People aren't perfect, so minor infractions happen. People aren't perfect. People aren't perfect. People aren't perfect. I don't know who needs to hear this. People aren't perfect. <laughs> I think it's for me too. But I needed to say that more than once. People are not perfect. People are gonna make mistakes. People are not gonna have live up to your expectations. But they might meet your overall expectations. This is oh, it's a difference. Somebody preach up in here. Uh, it's a difference, though. And um, that's real. That was for me. 
know when and how to be forceful as far as what your boundaries are. No. Know when and how. Um, and revisit discussions. Revisit them. Revisit them. Revisit them. Don't assume you said it one time in the beginning of the relationship and it ain't supposed to be revisited. I feel like in a lot of relationships, that's intimate and family, we need to all have discussions and revisit and have conversations about our boundaries, where we are. We are all constantly developing. We are not the same person that we were yesterday. Some people are. However, <laughs> if you're like me, you're trying to learn and grow and develop, revisiting and having discussions about your boundaries and your limits and communicating. Communication is always key. We talked about that as far as relationships and friendships. Always key in a lot of relationships. And you guys, we're coming to an end with this boundaries episode. But I just wanted you guys to understand that having boundaries for yourself is not something you should feel guilty of. Give yourself permission. And not only give yourself permission, but be consistent. And don't assume. And revisit it. Let it be known. Be clear and concise. That goes for everyone and everything. Because we're, we're on a whole new journey of self-care. Listen. This taught me a lot. I had to go sit and pray, meditate, and think on this thing here. Because in some situations, I don't know who, who needs to hear this. I've been posting a lot of it on my Facebook page, you guys. I don't know who needs to hear this, but sometimes you're the toxic one. And sometimes you are not the healthy person in a person's life. And that's okay. Not saying it's okay to keep being toxic, but I'm saying once you identify that, it's okay to want to change. And it's okay to want to be different. And it's okay to, especially if you consider this person a key, pivotal person in your life, to take a step back and grow and come back. It's, it's okay. I know for myself, I went through a real isolation period for myself and the people that I care about and reinventing relationships and in the name of self-care, in the name of self-growth, in the name of just being better. It's okay to want to adhere to boundaries that people set for you and to have your boundaries respected. And I'm going to just leave that gym with you guys. Thank you listening to Seriously Self-Care Podcast. And this is your host, Eve. And I'm signing out.